No other book has so profoundly impacted so many lives as the Bible. Welcome to Simply the Bible, the Through the Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. For the most part, believers are children of light, but sometimes we go through periods of darkness. We hope you'll join us as Pastor Daryl continues in Genesis chapter 15 on Simply the Bible. Having defeated four kings of the east and rescuing his nephew Lot, Abram was now afraid. And the Lord spoke to him in a vision and said, Abram, I am your shield and your exceedingly great reward. And Abram said, hey, that's great, but I don't have any kids. And so the Lord said, Abram, look up at the stars, count them if you can. That's how many descendants you're going to have. And it says that Abram believed the Lord and God accounted it to him as righteousness. We pick it up in Genesis 15, 7. Then he said to him, I am the Lord who brought you out of Ur of the Chaldeans to give you this land to inherit it. And he said, Lord God, how shall I know that I will inherit it? Abram was looking for some further proof, more than just God's word. So he said to him, bring me a three-year-old heifer, a three-year-old female goat, a three-year-old ram, a turtle dove, and a young pigeon. Then he brought all these to him and cut them in two down the middle and placed each piece opposite the other, but he did not cut the birds in two. And when the vultures came down on the carcasses, Abram drove them away. Now, what God was doing here was to make a contract, a covenant with Abram. This seems very unusual to us. It's certainly not any kind of agreement we would make. But in that day, this is the way that you would make a covenant. There would be animals that were sacrificed and split in two. And the two parties making the agreement would walk between the two split up animals and they would say what they were going to do in this covenant. Each party would say, well, I will do this. The other party say, I will do this. And the idea was that if you don't do that, then the same fate that happened to that animal, well, you know, you get the picture. So this was what God was doing with Abram, giving him something more substantial, a covenant, a solemn covenant to show that the land really would belong to Abram and his descendants. It really is a picture of grace because we will see how God is the one making this covenant to Abram, not because of anything he does, but because of God's promise. It's also interesting that there are five different animals that are sacrificed. In Bible numerology, five is the number of grace. I also think it's interesting that the heifer, the female goat, and the ram were all three years old. And Jesus would have a public ministry of three years. When we see these covenants and we see the sacrifices, it always is pointing to Christ. So, This was the covenant God was making. And it says that he would take the whole rest of the afternoon driving off the vultures as they were trying to come and feed on the carrion that was there. Now, what happens so many times is that when God makes a promise to us, 
there is a waiting period. It seems like God isn't showing up. And Abram had done what God told him to, but where is the Lord? If you had been one of the Canaanite neighbors watching this go down, you would have understood that, well, it looks like Abram's making a covenant with somebody, but where's the other party? Nobody's showing up. And so Abram's driving off vultures for the rest of the day. And I think that is really a picture of what we so often deal with. You know, Jesus gave the parable of the seed in the soils, where he said that the kingdom of God is like seed that falls on the various soils, and some of the seed falls on the path, and the birds of the air come and eat it before it has a chance to take root. And and he said, that's the devil, as he tries to take away the word out of your heart before it, it has a chance to take root. And here, I think so many times God gives us a promise, and there's a waiting period before that promise is fulfilled. And it seems like the enemy's always trying to snatch away our faith in what God has said. Like these vultures coming and devouring whatever they can, you know. But Abram's just driving it off, driving it out. And so often that's really what we have to do as well. Verse 12. Now, when the sun was going down, a deep sleep fell upon Abram and behold, horror and great darkness fell upon him. This has been known as the dark night of Abram's soul. As he falls into this deep sleep and a horror or terror or dread comes upon him. I don't know if you've ever had anything like that happen, but it's not uncommon for there to be a dark night of the soul in the lives of believers, whether it is something where we just don't know what God would have us do and we're seeking him and we're not getting any answers or whether we just have a a dread that comes over us. I remember going to Romania in 2008, and we were going to be baptizing about a dozen gypsies in the river the next day. And I went to sleep, and I I had one of the worst nights sleep ever. I, I felt like it was just an attack of the enemy. I felt literally pinned down to my bed and filled with, dread and horror. I, I couldn't shake it. I it took about an hour just praying the next morning before I could shake this sense of dread and darkness. So these things certainly happen in the lives of believers. David said in Psalm 69, save me, O God, for the waters have come up to my neck. I sink in deep mire where there is no standing. I have come into deep waters where the floods overflow me. I am weary with my crying. My throat is dry. My eyes fail while I wait for my God. Have you ever felt that way? You feel like the waters have come up to your neck and maybe you have one nostril above water and then you get a cold. (laughs) Lord, save me. Well, it happens. Verse 13. Then he said to Abram, Know certainly that your descendants will be strangers in a land that is not theirs and will serve them. And they will afflict them for 400 years. And also the nation whom they serve, I will judge. Afterward, they shall come out with great possessions. It's like the Lord was giving Abram just a taste through this horror and darkness of what his descendants were going to go through in Egypt for 400 years. 
They would go there and they would become slaves and things would become pretty dark. It would be pretty horrific as Pharaoh would command that they toss their newborn baby boys into the Nile River. Now, after they suffered this affliction, it says that God would judge the nation where they served and then bring them out with great possessions. So all of these things, of course, happened. God would judge Egypt with the plagues and then they would receive many uh, goods from the Egyptians as they would come out, many possessions. God was showing Abram the future of his people. And then he said, as for you, you shall go to your fathers in peace. You shall be buried at a good old age. Abram would live another 90 years. But in the fourth generation, they shall return here, for the iniquity of the Amorites is not yet complete. Remember, Abram was living among his Amorite neighbors. And God was saying, 400 years is going to take before their iniquity gets to the point where I am going to judge it. This is how long-suffering God is. Okay, They were already wicked. They were an idolatrous people. But God was giving them another 400 years. And as a matter of fact, he was allowing his people to be slaves in Egypt over that 400 years. Just so that nobody would be able to find fault with God for wiping these nations out, the Canaanite nations. God was waiting for it to reach that place of ripeness where he would bring judgment and use the children of Israel as his instrument of destruction. And it came to pass that when the sun went down and it was dark, that behold, there appeared a smoking oven and burning torch that passed through those pieces. Now I said earlier that part of this covenant is that each party would walk between the pieces of the sacrifice. But here, the only one going through the pieces is the Lord, which shows that it was an unconditional covenant. There was nothing that Abram did here except to believe. God was making this unconditional covenant to give the land to the descendants of Abram. And as we would see, they would obey and then not obey. And if they obeyed the Lord, they would receive the land as a possession. If they disobeyed the Lord, God would drive them out of the land, but it still belongs to them. It belongs to them by eternal covenant. And we will see that in the kingdom age, they will inherit all of the land as God has promised. There was the smoking oven that came through the pieces. Many see this as the affliction, the furnace of affliction they would go through in Egypt. There was the burning torch, which represents the pillar of fire by which the Lord would guide them at night. But all of this is really a picture of the covenant of grace that we have in Jesus Christ. Uh, Because in the same way, Jesus made a new covenant with us. And that covenant is based upon his work, not upon ours. All we do is believe in it. And God has done the work. They came to Jesus one time and they said, well, what must we do to do the works that God requires? And Jesus said, this is the work of God that you believe in the one whom he has sent. God has done the work of our salvation. It's our place to believe. And if we do, God gives to us the kingdom of heaven as our inheritance forever and ever. Amen. 
Well, on the same day, the Lord made a covenant with Abram saying to your descendants, I have given this land from the river of Egypt to the great river, the river Euphrates, the Kenites, the Kizanites, the Cabmanites, the Hittites, the Perizzites, the Rephaim, the Amorites, the Canaanites, the Girgashites, and the Jebusites. No termites, though, I suppose. Uh, And this would be the land that God would give to Abram. Now, my question is, are we inheriting all that God has given us? You know, God has promised us so much through his promises. God would give to us probably a lot more than we take. But a lot of times we just sort of settle for what we've got. And that's what, that's what the children of Israel would do as well. God would promise them all this land. During the time of David and Solomon, they would probably take the most of it, but they never took it all. And the reason they didn't is because they didn't believe God. And then they just compromised with the people around them rather than doing what God said, which was to destroy them. And, you know, we made pacts with our flesh rather than putting it to death. And we don't take the total ground that God will give to us if we, by faith, would just lay claim to it. Well, hope you can join us next week as we continue through the book of Genesis. May God bless you. You've been listening to Simply the Bible, the Through the Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. They meet Sunday mornings at 1030 at Pepperidge Elementary School in Boise. To listen to any of Pastor Daryl's teachings or to find out more about the church, go to their website at calvarytv.org. That's calvarytv.org. There's an email address there as well, and we'd love to hear from you. Drop us a line. When things don't go as we expect, it's oh so easy to take matters into our own hands. It never turns out the way we want. Hope you'll join us next week as we continue through the book of Genesis right here on Simply the Bible.